Welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking. I'm your host, Larry Frank. We're actually live from Bentonville, Arkansas, and proudly saying the home of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking, you know, with without sports right now, you know, I was wondering what it would have been like if there was sports. This is the week baseball is going to start. Or, excuse me, was supposed to start. Was supposed to start March 26th, which is this Thursday. And I really want to invite you all to join us this Thursday as we're going to dedicate that day to a lot of baseball talks. And um, for those of you who are listening, um, I'd like you to respond to me back at Frankly Speaking. 528 at gmail.com or on my Facebook page or even on Twitter at Larry Frankis. That's Larry Frankis with the U.S. at the end. Um, what was your favorite opening day moment since you've been alive? Now, I'm not talking, obviously, Bob Feller throwing a, you know, a no-hitter back in the 40s. Well, some of us weren't alive then. I'm talking about why you are alive, your experience. Maybe you went to a home game, a home opener, and something happened. It might have been with a child of yours. But what was your favorite opening day moment? And on Thursday, we're going to be talking a lot about baseball. We'll be talking about our favorite opening day moments. We'll be talking about once the season does start, who we're expecting to win and who's not expected to do so well. So we'll go down through the divisions, uh, you know, from the ALC East to the NL West. And we'll, we'll tell you what we think about each individual team. And once they do stop playing, you know, what you can expect. Um, we start out today, and I was thinking, I want to play a little tribute. I'm like, wow, you know, if what would I be thinking what would be a good thing to let the fans here today to get them a little bit in the mood? So, Arkansas Razorbacks, you're going to be represented in this little clip that was put together. Here we go. And there are eight seconds to go. Ainge against Paxson. Five seconds. Inside. Ainge scores for two seconds. One second on the clock. It is all over. It is all over. What it looked like Notre Dame was going to have Kelly Trapuca as the hero. The what hero's a great drive, is man. lost by Notre Dame. Four it down. Five seconds. Fires for three. Give Arkansas the victory at the buzzer. Crowd. 
Yes. Yes, you are represented. Arkansas, U.S. Reed, 1981, with the game when I could see Dickie V, my buddy, going crazy. And the reason we bring this up is it's supposed to be March Madness. We're supposed to be getting down to the final 16 teams. Unfortunately, with the coronavirus, that was canceled. But I wanted to play that clip just, just to get you guys a little bit in the mood and... Why we're on the subject of college basketball, I really want to give a big shout-out and a big congratulations to SEC scoring leader, our very own Arkansas Razorback Mason Jones. He won honorable mention, All-American. Great job. And he also was on the Elite 12 team. Now, if you didn't know it, as I said, um, he was the SEC scoring championship. He averaged 22 points a game, uh, which was a little over two points more a game than the next person. So, you know, we this team next year, I, I, I really can't wait till next year because, you know, it's not happening this year, guys. There's not going to be no tournament. But next year, this team, if Musselman can keep this team together... And with some of the recruits he's going to get, this team is going to be a top 10 team. Now, moving over to college football on the Arkansas side, you know, you got to really, really feel bad for new coach Sam Pittman. You know, first of all, he's a new coach. He never, ever coached at this level before, which is tough enough. You know, when you play in the SEC West and you're going against teams like Alabama, I mean, it's crazy. He has a new coach and stuff, obviously, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, and so on, and spring practices are canceled. You know, spring spring practice is a time, you know, it, it's bad enough that a team has to learn a new system with a new coach. But usually during spring practice, that's where the players come in and they build that loyalty during a new coach and that confidence in the new coach. And right now, you know, I'm very confident in Sam Pittman, the job he's done. Um, he's just, uh, they just got Felipe Franks, who transferred from University of Florida. Uh, if you remember Felipe, he had that gruesome leg injury. And then Kyle Trask um, in Florida took over, did an unbelievable job there. And uh, Felipe was able to transfer. And now he's going to be the new Arkansas Razorback uh, quarterback. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Felipe Franks. I'm not a huge Felipe Franks fan. I watched him play the last couple of years. He's had, you know, I was at the game in the swamp where he threw the pass versus Tennessee to Copeland, and it was a touchdown, and they won at the end. Probably one of the best throws I've ever seen. Um, and there's just other times where he is so erratic when he plays the position, makes a lot of mistakes, doesn't know how to look down receivers and go to secondary receivers. So Pittman's going to have a lot of work to do here 
with Felipe Franks. And I'm not being negative because obviously I'd love to see Arkansas do well. But my, you know, my job here is to be as honest to my listeners as possible. And I would be very surprised at, I'd love to see it, but very surprised if uh, Felipe can really do the job here in Arkansas. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. When we come back from break, I'm going to talk about something that's really confused me that John Gruden and the Raiders have done. We'll be back right after this message. Wait a minute. Yes, I've often said for three weeks there's nothing greater, but we have a bigger challenge on our hands. We have a virus we're fighting that has changed the way we've lived. But the one thing about America, we will unite together, all of us, and we'll get through these tough times. One thing we'd like to do is, yes, you're going to miss the journey for the Final Four, but you still could help us, help us raise money by helping others. Go to Athletes for COVID-19 Relief Fund. I've joined athletes and coaches from all over 20 different teams, all coaches and countries are involved, five different countries, we're donating items, items like I'm going to donate a basketball autograph, you can get this by going to athletesrelief.org, you make a $25 donation or more for any item that you want that you see there, and you have a chance to win, there's be a random draw, and then at the end, all the dollars are going to benefit the Center for Disaster Philanthropy, join us, it's needed, we must help others. Ladies and gentlemen, hi, my name is Larry Frank with Frankly Speaking. As we go this, through this tough time with the coronavirus, as you all know, our small restaurants and small sports bars and, rest, and just other businesses in general are suffering. You know, during the time when we watch football games, when we go to watch baseball games, we go to a sports bar like Beefo Brady's. And those individuals take care of us. They provide us with drinks. They provide us with, with uh, food. They provide us with the all, just an incredible, incredible sports experience where we can find, feel like we're watching the ball game, whether we're at home, at the game, whatever. We just feel close. We meet great friends Great people. And I want to tell you about two great Beefo Brady's right now that need your help. First one, Brandon, Florida. The original. The one that set it all up for everybody. My buddy Sean Melody there in Brandon. Guys, order carry out. Order delivery. Help these guys out. When you need them, they're there. Now they need you. And then, of course, my great buddy Matt, who's actually from Tampa and is now here in Bentonville, uh, Arkansas. All my Bentonville, Arkansas fans that are listening in our country here, we got to go help man at Beefo Brady's on 14th Street here in uh, Bentonville. And I'm going to tell you, both these guys are incredible people, incredible staffs, incredible food. I order a burger, order the delicious wings. I love the wings. I love them all over me. <laughs> order them. They are open right now. Carry out delivery. These guys help you in your time. Let's help them. Thank you very much. As we get back from break here, I just want to let you know if you haven't heard it, that the NFL has discontinued all physicals as of yesterday. 
So that means any free agent signing, any combine physicals, everything's been canceled. So pretty much the NFL has been put on hold. And I brought up the word free agency, and I'm really confused here. If you haven't heard, a couple days ago, the Las Vegas Raiders signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year, $17.5 million contract to be the backup. Now, you hear me out. The backup quarterback, according to John Gruden. And I'm going to tell you something. That's not the case. There is no way. Okay, when Nick Foles was the backup for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think he was making $11 million in two years. Teddy Bridgewater last year as a backup, and thank goodness they had him, the Saints, was making $7 million a year as a backup. You know, why, I, why you would pay a backup that kind of money is besides me. It, it, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Let's, okay, let's look at the teams that are win. Patrick Mahomes, who's the backup there? Chad Henney doesn't make great money. In New England, they don't make great money. When, when Garofalo, who just won the Super Bowl with San Francisco, was the backup in New England, he was on making under a million. I think he had a five-year, $3 million deal or something like that. It was under a million dollars a year. Under a million dollars a year. Okay, and now Mariota. See, what that tells me is John Gruden is not confident in Derek Carr. John, John Gruden doesn't believe Derek Carr will get him to the promised land. If he did, he would not have gotten a Marcus Mariota. Now, they have a great relationship, if you remember, Mariota and Gruden. They have a very good relationship. You know... When he was at Oregon, Mariota broke records. He was the second pick in the 2015 NFL draft behind Jameis Winston. Okay, so a first-round draft pick. Derek Carr is not the man for John Gruden. That's what he's telling me, and that's what he should be telling Derek Carr. Okay, Marcus Mariota, besides his money, Derek Carr is making... $25 million a year. Okay? And he's not the answer. He's not the answer. I, it, and it baffles me that, you know, if anybody thinks, oh, what a great quarterback tandem the Las Vegas Raiders have. No. John Gruden is telling Derek Carr, you're not the man. And I'm going to tell you right now, Derek Carr, if you don't do the job, it's not going to be long if if even before the season, where you lose the job to Mariota. I really think John Gruden thinks he can take Marcus and dwell him into a top-notch quarterback. And it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. That's John Gruden. He likes those younger guys. And you're going to find out that, um, like I said, the, the, the days are numbered. And you, I've said it here on Frankly Speaking for 
Marcus Mariota. And, you know, I'm looking at that draft, you know. We look at the draft from 2015. It, it amazes me. It just amazes me. Four out of the top five draft picks in 2015. Well, let me say five out of the top six are not with the team that's drafted them. Let's look at that draft. Number one was Jameis Winston, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not there. Number two, Marcus Mariota, Tennessee Titans. He's not there. Number three, Dante Fowler, Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not there. Number four was Amari Cooper. Okay? He's not with, um, excuse me, he's not with the Raiders anymore. Number four, um, number five was Brandon Scherf of Washington. He is the only remaining guy out of the top six picks that is with his remaining team. And number six, I believe was the New York Jets. Once again, I'm doing this by memory is Leonard Williams. So the top, out of the top six picks, and I said out of the top six picks in the NFL draft in 2015, they're on different teams. What does this tell us? Okay, Tennessee had a great year last year. In the five years, I think Jacksonville went to the playoffs once, ended up going actually to the AFC Championship game, which they lost to the New England Patriots. Okay? Winston, we know, has done nothing as far as winning. Amari Cooper has been all over the place. Brandon Sheriff with Washington, nothing. Number six was Leonard Williams, who is now with the Giants. They didn't win. So what does this tell us about those teams? They may have okay number one draft picks, but the front offices are terrible. That's why they're not winning. We always seem to blame it on the player. The players suck. This guy's terrible. That guy can't do this. No, no. No, Jason Light in Tampa, not successful. Daniel Schneider in Washington, not successful. These guys in New York, these guys in Vegas, they're not successful. The reason why these guys aren't lasting there is because they have terrible coaching staffs or have had, let me rephrase that, because I think Tampa Bay right now is on pace to do a very good job. And obviously, Vrabel is doing a terrific job. And now Gruden is with Oakland on a 10-year deal and is in no rush. You know, that it's amazing when you see the contradictory between John Gruden and Bruce Arians. Arians has this, I need to win now mentality. And you have John Gruden who says, well, I still have eight years before I got to win. So the sense of urgency is a little different. But that, 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 that 2015 class, 
I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. But it amazes me how bad those front offices are. Those teams, if you look at them, five years later, after getting first-round draft picks right in the top six, still are doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah, maybe you can say Tennessee. They got some good young receivers, but it's five years later, guys. It's got to be the front offices of these teams. So it just amazes me. I wanted to touch on that when I was looking at the Mariota deal. And I said, you know what? Let's look at that class. You know, first I wanted to compare Winston versus Mariota, which, shoot, people have been doing that since they've been in school. And I looked at that class and I'm like, what the heck has happened to that class? Now, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some baseball. Um, as we had a couple of fans ask some baseball questions down from Tampa. So we'll be back right after this message. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking. My name is Larry Frank. I'm your host of the show. Uh, I want to let you know now that if you have any questions, concerns, I please, we're always looking to answer the fans' questions. You can go to franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook, Frankly Speaking. We have our own Facebook page. And I am on Twitter at, at Larry Frankis. Um, so please, please, any questions, thoughts, topics you want us to talk about, Please email me, text me, message me, whatever you got to do, and I'll be more than happy um, to answer um, any of your questions. But before we go to the, uh, the message line, we have some breaking news out of ESPN. ESPN is reporting, and you're hearing it right now on Frankly Speaking, that the Carolina Panthers uh, will release Cam Newton today. Uh, that will leave Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and Andre, uh, Andy Dalton, who are all available at this time, um, to negotiate contracts with other teams. So Cam Newton will be released today by the uh, Carolina Panthers. And if you didn't hear yesterday, I'm going to play a message here in a moment from my buddy Dick Vitale. Um, yesterday, I broke this real early on my Facebook page yesterday, and it has been confirmed that the 2020 Tokyo Olympics has been canceled. It's the right thing to do. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. But I guess they were just waiting as long as possible to feel it out. And then you got some teams, I think Canada, who said, we're not going whether you have it or not. So as of yesterday, as we reported, uh, the 2020 Olympics um, has been canceled. And uh, let's hear a little bit about it. Um, you know, I always love to play Dick Vitale. You know, I get a video daily from the guy and... He's just an inspiration to me. You know, he was talking about the IOC. Then he got into basketball. But you know what? Whatever Dick he wants to talk about, that's fine. Let's go ahead and hear from my buddy Dick Vitale. Well, 
International Olympic Committee did certainly the right thing as they postponed the Olympics in Tokyo in 2020, which was supposed to start the latter part of July. They did the right thing. There was no other choice. I mean, Canada announced that they were not going to participate. Australia, the same thing. Our swimming program had recommended they don't participate. Well, what's going on with this uh, COVID-19 and the battle against this incredible disease that's running rampant pandemic, as they say? When you talk about the coronavirus, there was no way, shape, or form that the Olympics could have taken place. So they did absolutely the right thing. Now, no parameters have been established in terms of when it's going to take place or what the plans for having it take place. But the bottom line is, right now, there's no way, shape, or form that the Olympics could have taken place. None whatsoever. The jeopardize people, the fans, the athletes, and everybody involved. Look... Sports is great. I love sports. I told someone today, in fact, I was watching some kids practice in tennis. And I made sure I kept my distancing. But the bottom line is one kid was moaning about the fact that he couldn't play in some tournaments that were scheduled. Up. He was scheduled to play in. And I said to him, I said, very loud and clear so you can hear because he wasn't that close to me. I said, my friend, that should be your biggest problem in life. If it is, you have lived one hell of a life. I said, right now, more important than any tennis tournament, basketball tournament, whatever, is certainly finding a way that they can contain this disease. That's our number one. That was Dickie V, and I didn't play the whole segment, but talking about the International Olympic Committee canceling uh, the Olympics in uh, 2020 here. Um, I got a message, and this is a topic, and you know, it's just weird that it just came back up, because when I was in Tampa Bay about, uh, I think the last time I was in Tampa Bay was about five weeks ago, and the question came up about the Tampa Bay Rays having a split season between Montreal and Tampa Bay, and, of course, you know, people, yes, no, yes, you know. You heard di different things. And we got a message from Mike down in Tampa, Florida. He wants to know, what do you think about the Tampa Bay Rays having a split season or will they move? Well, I'm going to give you my opinion on it. I think it's terrible. That's my opinion. You know, for any team to play in two different cities, First of all, the two, the two country thing is ridiculous. You know, I don't like the two different place thing at all, but to be in two different countries, that, that's just terrible. It's terrible by Stu Steinberg to want to play in Canada and want to play in America. I understand he wants to maximize and make the most money possible. You know, Stu, my opinion is, if you want to make the most money, all you have to do is take that team and just move them about 30 minutes north into the Tampa Bay area and you'll draw a lot more fans. That market there in Tampa Bay has 2.2 million people within a 30 mile radius of Ybor City where you can draw fans from Orlando, you can draw fans from Lakeland, you can draw fans from St. Pete, You'll definitely draw from Tampa. You got Wesley Chapel, Lando Lakes, Lutz. Baby, you got so much out there compared to what you have in St. Pete. 
What do you got around St. Pete 30, 30 mile radius? You got empty beaches during the summer because nobody's visiting. You got about 800,000 people that you're targeting rather than 2.2 million. Of course you're not going to get fans. It's common sense business. The problem is it's politics. You got one side here not wanting to agree with the other side. Or if I give you this, why, you better give me that. It, it's terrible. It's selfish. St. Peter's being selfish. That's number one. Number two. If you want to do a split season and you have to do a split season, which once again I am totally against, do it in America! Why would you take them out of the country? You're going to Canada and telling these Canadians, we're going to give you all these jobs when you can move it and play half the season in a city like Nashville, Tennessee. Bring it down to Arkansas. Bring it anywhere in the U.S., but don't bring it out of the country. Give those jobs to Americans. I, I don't understand it. It's just completely stupid. I, I don't have a better word. Why would you want to take them out of the country? Not only that, but now you're telling the players, you got to play for two different countries. Um, your money's coming in different. Your taxes are coming in different. you got to live in two different countries. It, it doesn't make sense, and I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. You know, one of two things is going to happen, Tampa fans. You're going to keep the team, or you're going to lose the team. But it will not be a split. There is no way the uh, Players Association will go for it. What needs to happen is both sides just need to sit down, stop being stubborn, and say, okay, this is by far, which I really think the fairgrounds and the Tampa-Brandon border would be the best over there. But even Ybor City, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning sell out every game, 20,000 fans. I can guarantee you they'll be baseball fans. They can easily have 10,000 fans more on a weeknight than they're currently having down at the Trop. And I'm going to tell you something about the Trop. The Trop's not as bad as everybody says. It's not. Yes, they got those catwalks that, you know, you'd love to just, you know, get rid of them. But if you ever, I've been to hundreds of games at Tropicana Field. And if you ever been to the Trop, there, there wasn't a bad scene in the house. Especially when they had the 300 section opened up. You know, they give you a great deal. The problem with the TROP is it's in the wrong place. We'll wrap it up right after this message. I want to thank you all for joining us today. I want to also remind you that we do have a message link tied up to this podcast Please feel free to ask any questions that you would like us to put on this show. Um, also, uh, we have a email account. It's frankly speaking 528 at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account at Larry Frankus. That's a U.S. at the end. And we also, uh, if I didn't say it, have a... 
Facebook page as well that you can make any comment. I enjoyed talking to you all today, and we'll see you tomorrow.